You are listening to the Australian Breastfeeding Podcast, where everyday girls let you in on their breastfeeding journeys. And I will unpack all things breastfeeding. I'm your host, Susie Prout, a midwife and lactation consultant. Let's get into it. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining again. We are up to episode 12 of the Australian Breastfeeding Podcast. And today it is another one where just me talking because I want to do some myth busting. Now, in my practice, I get a lot, a lot of comments and questions on a daily basis about breastfeeding. And so I can see when girls are not understanding breastfeeding in how breastfeeding works and perceptions of breastfeeding. And the biggest problem is milk supply. The myths surrounding milk supply are not getting better as time is going on. There are still a lot of people believing how milk supply is made and sustained and why milk supply is dropped and what constitutes milk supply and whether it's an over and under supply or if it's just a perception of low milk supply. So we're going to get started today with busting a few myths. So if you listen to the end of this, you will be full bottle on the right information about breast milk supply. All right, let's get started. Right, so myth number one, my breasts are too small to have enough milk for my baby. Definitely a myth. Generally, if you have large breasts or small breasts, it's not going to hugely affect how much milk supply you have. So someone might have really large breasts, but have more adipose tissue in their breasts, and they might have the same amount of glandular tissue, which is the milk-making tissue, as someone who has smaller breasts and has less adipose tissue in the breast. It can sometimes be a problem with something called insufficient glandular tissue, which is a very rare condition that you are born with not enough milk-making tissue in your breasts. And girls that have extremely small breasts, if their breasts didn't increase in size in pregnancy or once baby was born. And the shape of the breasts can also determine whether we think insufficient glandular tissue is a problem. If someone was to have insufficient glandular tissue and they have the shape of the breasts and the very small breasts, then yes, that is a problem and you will not probably have enough milk for your baby. But this is not common. And that is something that needs to be diagnosed by a doctor or a lactation consultant. But generally speaking, most of the time, it doesn't matter if you have small boobs. You're not going to have low milk supply. And just because you've got big boobs doesn't mean that you're going to have a huge milk supply either. So that is the first myth I just wanted to bust there. Okay, so myth number two. If you have an unsettled baby they're not getting enough milk or the quality of your milk is not good enough for them. This just like absolutely grates me. When I had my first child, he was a very unsettled baby and I was walking him at the park and he was screaming his little lungs out and a lady came up to me, I'm not even joking, came up to me, pointed to my breasts and said, are you breastfeeding him? And I said, yes. And she said, you don't have enough milk. He's hungry. And kind of just walked away. And I was completely shocked. Firstly, I had just fed him. He's gaining huge amounts of weight. Nappies were wet and pooing and 
he was absolutely fine in terms of his weight gain, but he had silent reflux and he had colic and he was just an unsettled baby, especially between the weeks of six and 12. Luckily, I could see past her comment and just continue with my day because I'm a lactation consultant. But gosh, I mean, if someone had heard that and didn't have the experience that I have, that would completely shake them. That was, you know, over six years ago now. And I still remember it vividly. I just thought, oh my goodness, I cannot believe that was said to me. So if you have an unsettled baby, it can mean many things. Yes, it can mean that your baby is hungry. It can mean that, but that would have to be backed up by baby's weight gain, how baby is feeding, their whole routine, their, their nappies, their milestones and, and all of that. But what it also usually means is it usually means that he's an unsettled baby because it is normal newborn behavior to be unsettled. It means that they could have some colic or some wind. It means that they could have reflux where they are chucking up and it's making them uncomfortable, or they could have silent reflux where the acidic contents of the stomach are going up and down the throat, but not actually, you're not actually spitting up, but it's still burning their throat, making them uncomfortable. But I need to stress that it is most probably normal newborn behavior. And certainly the thing not to jump to conclusions is your milk. So there's lots and lots of girls that talk to me in my DMs on Instagram about female members of their families, usually older ones, so grandparents, parents, that they're trying to settle this unsettled baby and the mum is exclusively breastfeeding. And there is so much talk about give it a bottle, give him a bottle. You know, I bet if you give her a bottle of formula right now, she'll sleep, she'll be happy. And these girls are really quite stressed about it. And they come to me because they're like, who do I believe? You know, do I trust in my body or do I trust in the fact that there's heaps of women around me telling me that my baby is unsettled because I haven't got enough milk? If you are concerned that's the case, then definitely seek out your child health nurse, seek out a lactation consultant, look at baby's weights and look at the whole picture. But the myth of unsettled baby equals lack of quality milk, lack of amount of milk is definitely a myth. All right, and leading on to that, I wanted to go to myth three, which is quality milk. Quality milk is not even a term that us as lactation consultants use because it's no such thing. Milk is of the same quality. Breast milk doesn't have better quality. It's not like it has an expiration date or it was, you know, made on a shelf and there's light milk and high low. And no, it's just one type of milk. And so the term quality milk has purely been made by the public and the public's perception of breast milk. And then when girls express and they see their milk, that sometimes the milk looks super, super creamy and other times it looks watery. And other times it has a bit of a green tinge to it, a bit of a pink tinge to it. And sometimes the food that you eat cause it to be a different color. And if you put two girls' milks next to each other in bottles, they will look different. And if you put your milk together in two different bottles, on, if you expressed one day and expressed the next day and you put the two bottles next to each other, it would look different. But there is absolutely no evidence to say that just because one milk looks watery and one milk looks creamy, that it's not as good for the baby. There is hind milk and fore milk. So the milk at the front of your breasts has a different consistency to the milk at the back of your breasts, but you need the milk at the front of your breasts just as much as you need the milk at the back of your breasts. So 
if you weren't expressing, you wouldn't even know what your milk looked like. And that's how it should be. But obviously when we need to express, we see our milk and that's when we see that it looks watery and we start to get concerned. So I had a client just the other day say that she stopped breastfeeding her first child because she had a low milk supply. And she said to me, and I knew that I had a low milk supply because I expressed and my milk was like water, didn't have that creamy look. So my husband and I were like, no ways can I give this to my baby. And that's, and then she stopped breastfeeding. And that is a completely true story. And it is not the first time I've heard that. So let's just bust that myth of quality milk because it's literally not even a word that we use in lactation. Okay, now let's go on. What about the myth about feeling engorged or not feeling full and that you don't have enough milk depending on how your breasts feel? So some girls will have breasts that are unbelievably full and tight and sore and big and then they breastfeed and then it's completely drained and the breast is empty until it makes more milk and becomes big again. And those girls really understand their milk supply and really love that feeling of draining a breast and just, you know, they're really happy with their milk supply. But then other girls and myself included don't really get that super full feeling. I mean, you can certainly feel that your breast feels fuller and then it feels more empty, but they haven't got that huge Pamela Anderson boob kind of feeling. And so some girls get nervous that their friends wake up in the morning with these huge boobs and they don't. And that is a myth. It's not just because your breasts don't feel, aren't huge and feel really full doesn't mean you don't have enough milk. If you are feeding really frequently and certainly in the early days, if you're feeding really frequently like you should be and your baby's attachment is really good, so they're draining that breast really well, your breasts don't really have the time to become engorged and big because you're feeding all the time and that's the way we want it. So there is a myth out there that on, you know, day three, day four, day five or whenever your milk comes in, your milk is going to come in with a vengeance and you're going to wake up in the morning, you're going to have these new boobs just on, on your chest and you're going to know my milk is in. Often that happens to girls who are not feeding that well or babies are not attaching that well and then the milk has been made, it's not being drained right out and you get those really full and gorgeous sore boobs. And then the girls that are feeding really frequently and draining really well don't have that feeling. And I've certainly had girls say to me in the hospital setting, I'm still waiting for milk to come in. I'm still waiting for it. I can see there's a bit of a change, but I'm still waiting for that massive, wow, my milk is in. And I'm just like, well, you might not get that. Let's not look at that as a symptom of if your milk is in. Your milk will be in by your baby's weight gain, the change in how your baby feeds. You will see all this milk around your nipple. There will be some leaking. And most importantly, your baby's poo will change from the black meconium poo to a transient poo and then a mature milk poo, which is the mustardy, grainy looking poo. And you'll have copious amounts of that. So certainly just because your boobs didn't have that huge fake boob kind of look. It doesn't certainly not mean that you do not have enough milk. Okay. Another myth, what are we up to number five? I think that you don't have enough milk is the way your baby feeds. Okay. So 
Some babies are very good at draining a breast very quickly and can actually drain a breast in seven minutes. So they might be, you know, on one side, five to seven minutes, on the next side, five to seven minutes, done, they're happy. And some babies take a lot longer to drain a breast and might be on that one side for double that amount of time or more. And girls will often say to me, I don't think I have enough milk because my baby just does these short feeds and is then off. And then other girls will say, I don't think I have enough milk because my baby is feeding for so long, they're just not getting enough. And so we can't win either way, really. And I have other people saying, I don't think I have enough milk because my baby wants to feed really, really frequently and won't stick to a routine. And then other girls are saying, my baby doesn't seem interested in the breast. Is it because I don't have enough milk? So really, whichever way we go, we just can't seem to win. Mum guilt is just something else, isn't it? So what I need to say here is, yes, if your baby is feeding really fast, they could be fantastically good at feeding and draining a breast. And if a baby is feeding for longer, well, they might be draining the breast in the first half of that feed. And then they might just be doing non-nutritive sucking for the end while they get sleepy and just enjoying being on the breast. And if a baby wants to feed frequently, well, breastfeed babies should really feed frequently, especially in the beginning to maintain and establish your milk supply. And some babies just want to feed, you know, every two hours. And then you've got the babies who cluster feed at night and mums get really concerned that babies on off, on off, maybe they need a bottle. And it's so common in the early days that your baby is going to want to feed. Say when it gets to like five o'clock in the evening, they might want to be on every hour until 10 o'clock and then have some good sleeps, you know, four hourly, four hourly, four hourly after that. And none of that means that you don't have enough milk. It's just normal newborn behavior. There are times when you don't have enough milk and some of these can be symptoms, but the majority of the time, no, it's just the way your baby is different in feeding. If you think about the way we eat, some of us are really fast eaters and some of us are grazers and slow and some like to snack throughout the day and some like to have big meals and further out. So the way your baby feeds is not a sure sign of low milk supply either. Okay, so those are my top five myths that I'm going to leave there because those are the most common ones that I get sent and asked questions about. Milk supply is one of the main reasons, definitely the top two reasons why girls stop feeding prematurely. And it often is perception of low milk supply, which is really sad. Some girls do have a low milk supply for the reasons I spoke about the insufficient glandular tissue in the breast. And there's another one, there's a hormonal reason as well. But both of those are not common. Most of the time, it's a perception of low milk supply, or it is a a real low milk supply because of the way we are feeding and that we are not draining the breast appropriately or feeding more, feeding frequently enough. And that is something we can certainly fix, which is great because we can get to someone and we can say, right, we're going to express, we're going to change the way you're feeding, we're going to feed both sides, we're going to wake baby, etc., and bring your milk supply up. The first part of your body, your breast making milk is when you've had your baby, the placenta comes out, there's a hormonal shift and your breasts start to make milk. But the second part is the regular emptying of your breasts. So your brain gets a message to say, my breasts are empty, make more milk. 
you know, and then again in a couple of hours, my breasts are empty, make more milk. So that is the way you establish a milk supply. And it can take six weeks to establish your milk supply from birth. And the best way to do that is to effectively feed, express if you can't feed, feed both sides and just empty those breasts. So messages go to the brain saying, let's put more milk in those boobs. Let's put more milk in those boobs. There are certainly situations where girls get an oversupply, which I'm not going to go into today because I wanted to keep this with undersupply. But certainly if you have an oversupply, then we will need to look at decreasing your supply. And that's a whole nother story altogether. But before I head off, I wanted to talk quickly about how do we know we have enough milk? So we've spoken about the myths of low milk supply, but what about how do we know we have enough milk? Well, the first thing here is your baby's weight. So your baby is born with a weight that's put in a percentile. So your baby might be on the 50th percentile, which means 50% of all babies are above your baby's weight and 50% of all babies are below your baby's weight. And they continue on this percentile that you plot in your child health nurse's book. And then when your baby is weighed, they generally, we like them to kind of stay on their percentile. So you can't go and look at your friend's baby who was born at four kgs next to your baby who was born at three kgs and say, well, you know, my baby needs to be putting on the same amount of weight as, as my friend's baby. Well, no, because your baby is a smaller baby and we expect your baby to put on weight to their percentage. So we Firstly, don't want to look at other people's babies and compare. We're just looking at our baby and looking that they stay on their weight percentile over the first kind of year or so of their life. Some babies are going to just be smaller babies because of genetics and they're going to be a smaller person. And you've got some babies who are really going to stack on, on the height and the weight and they're going to be a bigger person. And that's just the way it is. None of us are the same as adults. But what we do get concerned is, is if, say, you were born on the 70th percentile, at one month you're the 50th percentile, on two months you're the 30th percentile, and you're dropping your percentiles, well, then yes, we do need to look at weight and milk supply and how baby's feeding and everything like that. But that would be done with your child health nurse or your lactation consultant. The other thing is we look at baby's nappies. We want babies to have six to eight very wet, clear pale urine nappies in a day. And that means three to four hourly. So when you're feeding your baby and you change the nappy before or after feeds, you will generally find a big wee in the nappy. And certainly in the first, you know, six weeks of give or take of since birth with the poos, you're going to find that baby is doing one or two big breast milk poos a day. That is going to be liquidy mustard yellow color. And as baby grows and say they get to around the six week mark or a bit before or a bit after, they might start to not have poos every day. But certainly in those few days, we look at the poos and we look at the changing of the meconium poo to the transient milk poo and the mature milk poo. And then we also just look at how happy your baby is and if they're thriving with their milestones and they're meeting their milestones and they're satisfied after feeds and all of that. So that's the type of thing that we look at for milk supply. We certainly don't look at the myths that I just mentioned. Okay, so I hope that that has cleared some things up. Please continue to send me questions that you want me to answer on this podcast. It's a weekly podcast. So I've got lots of time to always answer your questions and anyone else that you want me to interview, send them through because I really want you girls to get the most out of this podcast. So thank you for listening and I will see you again next week. 
Thank you for listening to the podcast. I really hope you got something out of it and at the very least made you feel not so alone in your breastfeeding journey. Share it with a friend who you feel may benefit from it or leave a review on your podcast streaming app. The more this podcast is shared and reviewed, the more women can benefit from this because we need to talk about breastfeeding more. Bye for now.